I know this yeah. might sound crazy, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs, coaches, even sales professionals that feel that sales is a bad thing. So I had to reframe their mindset mm -hmm. to Eric, you're helping people. You're solving a problem. They're going to buy from someone else. So they might as well buy from you. Why? Because you're ethical, you're moral, and you have their interests in heart. And if you have those three things right, you're doing it fine. And it's just getting them to understand that they can charge a good rate because they're doing what they need to do. Because again, you know this in entrepreneurial space, you meet these people that have these great ideas and all, and then they're like, well, I don't know if I can charge $5,000 for coaching, or I don't know if I can charge $10,000 for this software system, because they've had this thought in their head that sales is a bad thing. But when it's problem solving and helping the customer and treating them how you want to be treated, that's the biggest mind shift that I've seen people have to do. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by Tranquil Turtle Massage. Tracy over there, the founder, she's a small town girl from Montana, loves God, loves her family, loves her friends, loves working out, fishing, and camping. She has a passion for helping those in need and enjoys being creative with woodworking, crocheting, healthy baking, pottery, and cooking. Look, she began her massage journey back in 2010 where she graduated from massage school up in Anchorage, Alaska. She specializes in her signature massages, the Hunt Hanu Infusion and the Hanu Ashiatsu, as well as the Gua Sha and Manual Lymphatic Drainage. If you're looking for a massage specialist and someone who could get you feeling good, go see Tracy down at Tranquil Turtle Massage. And while you're there, check out CDA Microblading, offering Coeur best tattoo brows, plasma fibroblast, tightening, and PMU services right there in the heart of downtown Coeur Make sure you book your appointment at pnwmobilemassage.com. Joe, you're a husband, you're a dad, you're the host of the 150K podcast, you're a sales coach and consultant and much more, man. Thank you for your time, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate being on the show, Eric. Thank you so much. I love to go back with my guests. Like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you, man? Um, well, I grew up actually in uh, Michigan, in okay. the country. So there are country people in Michigan as well. Most people don't think that way. Yeah. Um, grew up in a small country town. It's kind of funny. I was supposed to do the whole go get a job, stay there, get married yada, yada. I actually did get married to my uh, youth group, sweetheart, not my high school. I met her at my church. Okay. Um, and we've been married 21 years this July. So Come yeah, on. that part I did, but the rest of it, I didn't do the work in a factory till you die type of thing that yeah. most of my, no offense to him, but most of my friends from high school are still doing. Uh, it's the same thing, man. I grew up in Eastern Washington and I just know so many people who just got stuck there, man. And it's just wild to, to see that, you know, and some of them are, have great lives there, but it's just as interesting that, you know, I was one of the few that escaped, right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's crazy. Like I moved a thousand miles away from where I originally grew up. I think actually 1100 miles. Okay. So I'm in the Dallas Fort Worth area now. And I love this area. Nice. Who as a kid was your biggest influencer? Ooh, as a kid. Um, Honestly, it would have been my pastor because he was, his name was Sam Chan uh, from India. Like, and so kind of just a little weird back, not bad, weird, but like I grew up, I grew up, I was, I was born in 77. So growing up in the 80s and 90s. And he was probably the first person that I had met from outside of like, you know, my little country town. And uh, it was kind of kind of crazy cool because back then it was a little bit weird. Not weird in my way, but people like he was married to a white woman. He's from India. That was weird to them. Not weird to me. I think that's great. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. Bug me at all. But yeah. like he just taught me, you know, treat people well, love well, just be respectful. And that was he was like probably the first influence, influential person I've seen because he was like speaking and stuff. So 
mm. as a kid and growing up, probably the first person would be him. That's awesome. I mean, I, I mean, you've been in sales for 15 plus years. Sales is yeah. tough, man. And a lot of people end up quitting. I know that I've quit sales jobs over the years, man. I've been doing sales for 20 plus years. And, mm -hmm. you know, what is the key that has kept you going? And, and why do you think you've been so successful at it, man? Well, in the beginning, I sucked. Um, the yeah. key was I didn't quit. Like, literally, I just, I'm too stubborn to quit to begin with. That's what it was. I'm like, well, crap, this person's making my why am I not? And then I just started leveling up. And then I started making crazy paychecks that I couldn't make just going and working in a set position. Plus, I didn't have a degree or a background of like a lawyer or a doctor where I could use that. So, um, and then I just fell in love with helping people. Mm -hmm. And it became a passion from, because like, you know, this, you've been in sales for 20 years, you can make those money to go get the big checks, go do the fun stuff. But then after that, what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I found my passion is to help people get to take their family to Disney or do whatever they want to do in life. So that's what's kept me there. Yeah. And I'm consistent. Yeah. Like, I think boringly consistent. consistent. <laughs> <laughs> Consistency is key, man, for sure, dude. I mean, for me, like, I'm big on my morning routines and that it, it all has to be the same, man. It's all about those habits. Like, but for you, man, what's your morning routine look like? Oh, is, this is funny. My routines are more in the afternoon. So my morning okay. routine is I get up at six. Okay. I get a cup of coffee because my wife got me this also espresso machine. I get in my car and I listen to a podcast. So that first hour of the day, I'm driving into work 40 minutes, whatever. I'm listening to a podcast. Um, it could be anyone from Ed Milet to George Bryant to your show to just something that's going to get me in that right mindset. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I try to read, but I'm probably about two to three days a week I'm reading before I leave. So I'm not perfect in the morning routines, but in the afternoons, when I get home, that's when I'll do my workouts. I'll do my, you see me walk a lot. If you follow my social media, yep. um, my dish, different things that way that I get into my routine or thing, but I'm not your typical morning routine guy. I am definitely not your 5am guy. I know it works great for people and I'm totally support them. Yeah. I've tried it and I just fall back asleep. Right. Yeah. It's tough sometimes, man. That's for sure. Dude. <laughs> well, I think you got to find what works for you. That's the key. Yep. As exactly. a business owner, as an entrepreneur, what works for you that's going to make you be successful? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I, my wife, she's, she's a night person, man. Like, you know, and I, and I know there's a lot of, you know, uh, big name entrepreneurs like Grant Cardone and you know, Sean Whalen and Bradley, they all need that like eight hours, nine hours of sleep, right? They're, they're not like super early risers. And, you know, like you said, man, you got to find what works best for you. Uh, like I mentioned, you are a sales coach, you're a consultant, your agency is called 150K Consulting, where you help your clients take their dreams to six figures and beyond. Mm -hmm. When you work with clients, what is the biggest struggle that you hear them come to you with? And how do you get them through that? Uh, feeling sales is icky. I know this yeah. might sound crazy, but there's a lot of entrepreneurs, coaches, even sales professionals that feel that sales is a bad thing. So I had to reframe their mindset mm -hmm. to, Eric, you're helping people. You're solving a problem. They're going to buy from someone else. So they might as well buy from you. Why? Because you're ethical, you're moral, and you have their interests in heart. And if you have those three things right, you're doing it fine. And it's just getting them to understand that they can charge a good rate because they're doing what they need to do. Because again, you know this in entrepreneurial space, you meet these people that have these great ideas and all, and then they're like, well, I don't know if I can charge $5,000 for coaching, or I don't know if I can charge $10,000 for this software system, because they've had this thought in their head that sales is a bad thing. But when it's problem solving and helping the customer and treating them how you want to be treated, that's the biggest mind shift that I've seen people have to do. I mean, 
I can train them in the techniques. I can train you in closing, follow up, doing all that. But that's the biggest block I run into. Do you think that uh, people, anybody, do you think anybody can do sales or they're just people that are just born naturally and they have that kind of instinct built into them? Both. So there are natural born salespeople. There's just people that like I grew up doing sales, not knowing I was going to be a salesperson. Like I was the kid that sold the candy bar, did the stuff. Yeah. But when I first started doing sales, I sucked. I was horrible. I didn't know what to do. I was freaking out, just tripping out, following the flip chart that they were trying to train me to do. But over time, you can learn and level up and grow going back to, like you said, to that morning routine of what you're doing. Like I'm very big on reading books. Mm. I'm very big on podcasting, finding the right person to help me level up and then time blocking. That has been my biggest Huge. successful thing. Like I time block the heck out of things. And Yeah. If it's not on your calendar or my calendar, man, I feel like I'm, I'm lost. You know, I like over the last year, I've started to yeah. get really dialed in on my calendar and make sure that everything is on there. And, you know, occasionally we miss something, but most of the time, if it's on my calendar, it's not going to get missed there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> well, it but, helped me, it helped me go from hitting quota, which was like um, at a hundred percent to last year, I was at 170% because I time blocked. Mm-hmm. So within a three-year period, I increased by 70% in wow. sales. That's like crazy. Like I, that's what my manager's number, he said. Cause I yeah. still work in corporate America as well. So I like last year I finished 170% the plan, but it's because I put myself in this structure and I, people don't like it, but here's a little simple key. Success is boring. It's doing the right things over and over so that you get the results you need. And once you do that, you can replicate it. It's not sexy. It's not fun, but that's so, how you win. Yes. Oh, that's so good, man. It's so good. Every, every person that you listen to, you know, like Ed Myletter, Tony Robbins, they all say the same thing, like success leaves clues, man. And mm-hmm. then and if we can just tag onto that and start to implement some of that into our daily lives as salespeople or entrepreneurs or podcasters, man, the sky's the limit. Yeah. And man, it's so good to just hear someone else say that and be on that same page because absolutely, man, I'm, a, a, you know, 100% agree with you on that. Um, I wanted to shift over to your podcast because you've got this podcast called 150 150- K podcast. I've been a guest on the show. Mm-hmm. You're extremely professional with your show, by the way. I did 117 interviews, as you know, in 2021. I saw a lot of shows that sucked and I saw a lot of shows that were great, man. And the show that I was on with you, definitely in the top five, you know, shows that I, I was on. I appreciate that. Man. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Yeah. And, and I legitimately mean that. Like I saw a lot of crazy, horrible, unprofessional shows that I was on, but you know what? It was part of that journey that I just wanted to go on and test the waters and see like, how can I improve? How can I tweak things, man? It was so cool. But I got to say, man, your show is awesome. People need to be listening to this. But what was it that made you decide to start this show? How has it helped you in your business, man? And and is there something that a guest said to you that's just really stuck with you? Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's kind of funny you said that. I started the show last June. Um, I just released episode 59. And really what happened was I started breaking the 100K barrier about three, four years ago consistently. I'd done it in the past to my sales thing, but not consistently. I finally cracked the code. Well, and I'm sitting there going, I just got to take my kids to Disney. We just went to Hawaii. We did all these fun things that we want to do, which you should do if you, you know, you can. Wouldn't it be great to help other people do that? But I know not everyone's salesperson. So I bring people on from a lot of different backgrounds, from podcasting to CFOs to pretty much any different areas that can help people break that barrier. That was kind of the idea of the show. So I did that. I got on there. And then to help me, I just started getting people on that I wanted to learn from. 
I'm like, cool, you know what? I need help with podcasting. I had you on the show. I need help with, you know, um, finance. I had a CFO on the show. I need help with dealing with trauma. Like, because, you know, we all deal with trauma as entrepreneurs, people just in general, there's stuff we got to deal with. So I just recently had an episode with a guy named Brian Bogart that just blew my mind. And it wasn't about business. It was about business, but it wasn't about business, it was about, you know, addressing the issues, owning responsibility and doing what you need to do. Um, probably the person that's affected me the most, and you hear me talk about him all the time on my show is George Bryant, is relationships beat algorithms, mm. meaning that it's always customer first. Take care of your customer. Take them on the right customer journey. Make sure they're taken care of. So sky's the limit. Ziegler said that too. You know, if you solve people's problems, you won't lack for anything. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And, you know, I've heard a few of the guys that I follow, they say relationships is the new currency, yeah. you know, and it's, it's the old so currency. Cool. It should have been the currency the whole time. Totally. But people just tried to <laughs> screw it up. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, that's so true though. <laughs> like it did. There was like this time where, you know, back in the Jim Rohn days, man, like, mm -hmm that dude, like he, he knew the same thing. And then, you know, I think there was this weird time where people started to get screwy with their sales tactics. Right. And they started, you know, hosing people. And, and I think that's where we started to see this bad rap come through mm -hmm. it. And, and uh, but I, hopefully we can change the game with how we are within our sales careers. Right. And what we're doing with podcasts and people that we're networking with there. Yeah. I wanted to touch base because uh, back, go back a little bit because you and I, we have a shared faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. I gave my life to, to the Lord in 2004, but I'd love to hear your story, man. How did you come to know the Lord? Yeah. I grew up in church. So for a while there was my parents' religion. It was their thought process. They made, I went to church every Sunday. I did yeah. the whole thing. And then I got in my, honestly, really, I'm thinking about now, probably in my thirties when I really started actually questioning it to begin with, mm. which, because I think if you can't question something, is it really your faith or is it what someone's taught you to believe? And I just had this moment where I just knew, um, and I can't remember which church I was at at that point where it just, it switched from being my parents' faith or the thing I needed to do to, well, Christianity is about relationship. It's about a relationship with Christ. It's about a relationship with God, not about, did I do this right? Did I follow this group or that group right? And then just following, you know, what the Bible says. And that's where it shifted from it being, my parents' faith to mine. So it was like a progression. Cause like for years, people thought I was, I could play the part and I could play the part with whoever I was around. So if you were a Baptist, I could be a Baptist. If you're Pentecostal, I could be a Pentecostal. Like yeah. I grew up in the, in the church and they were trying it, it, it. Well, that's a funny different story, but we don't have to go there, but I like, so it just, it has to be, it has to come your relationship. Yes. Not just your duty, not just something that you do on Sunday, but you know, your relationship. And then I just started talking to God, like we're talking here. And yeah. like, if I'm mad, I know this might sound funny. I'll, I'm just upfront and honest. Like if I'm cussing mad, I'm cussing mad and I'm still talking because he's my father and he understands that. And then yeah. there's times where like, you know, it's sweet and I'll put worship music on or whatever, but it's just, I built that relationship, which works for me, not the, you have to do this or you're wrong type of thing. Yeah. Oh, totally, man. I'm, I'm the same way, man. You know, it, 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 I grew up at going to the church and then when, when my parents got divorced, right, we, we stopped going to church for a really long time. My dad tried to put me back in church when I lived with him, you know, in my early teens. And uh, then I walked away for a long time, man. I was just like living in the world and, and mm -hmm. doing everything that I wanted to. And then I remember I was dating this girl uh, that was a Christian and I gave my life to Christ when I was like, I don't know, 19 years old, I was dating her, but I didn't do it for me. I did it for her. Right. And, and yep. so I kind of faked this thing for, you know, two years. And I, 
And I generally felt like I was closer to God, but I wasn't like, it wasn't my relationship, right? It was my relationship through her, right? And, and right. so, you know, I went through and got baptized and all this stuff. And then as soon as we broke up, guess what? I was back to the worldly, you mm-hmm. know, walking around, man. And, and uh, man, 2004 is when I gave my, my life back to Christ, man. And, and that was the last time that I really was living in that worldly desire, man, of, of just the craziness that I was living in. Um, man, and, and this year I'm stoked because I'm actually doing a men's mentor group for a full oh, year. Oh, nice you know, we're meeting every six weeks and deep diving into stuff, man. And yeah. So I, I think it's so important to have that solid tribe of, of mm-hmm. men uh, that are just followers of Christ too, man. So I think that's awesome. And then you said you met your wife. She was at a youth group. Yes. So the youth group that I was going to, we met, I was, she was 17. I was 20 and we were okay. just friends at the time. And Here's another funny story. I was a little bit weird back in the day. And I knelt that day in front of her and every girl there, don't marry me unless God tells you to. Just trying to be corny, stupid, you know, yeah. you're young and dumb. <laughs> and she goes, no problem. Well, we became friends. And then like a year later, like it just, we both went on a missions trip and it shifted um, and all. But the reason I say this is because like, I got saved when I was young. But Mm -hmm. then it was like, you know, you go through that whole transition stage of what do I really believe? And I think genuinely as Christians, and I agree with you having men, you know, connecting and all, we go through stages of it to where there's times where we're close to God and then there's times where we're not. So I've probably been, honestly, I've been saved since I've been younger, but I know that there's been times where I'm just doing what Joe wants to do instead of doing what he needs to do. And then I had to come back to that. And it's just kind of that thing. I actually just had a friend of mine uh, get or refer a book by John Eldridge to me called Fathered by God. I'm reading Ooh. that right now. I've not read before. I've read Wild at Heart, which is great. Yeah. And I'm all about like the tribe and men and stuff. Yeah. This one's good. It makes okay. you look at it more as a, and I'm harping on it now, I know, personal relationship compared to you go here, do this exact thing for them. And I think yeah. that's the hardest thing I've seen in the Christian church world for a while. Right. Because we make it retail here in the U.S. Don't we? Oh, we do. What well, started yeah. out in Jerusalem as a relationship. It went to yeah. Europe as a religion, and here it's retail. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, it's so so crazy. I was going to ask you what book you're reading right now, uh, but that one that one sounds awesome, man. I'm, have to pick well, I'm reading up. that one, and then I just finished The Go-Giver. Okay. I don't know if you read that one. That's hmm. a really good book. It's on um, – I can't remember his name. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, but it's a really good story form, kind of like what Greg Reed does with his books. Yeah. That same yeah. type of story form, but it's called The Go-Giver. I just okay. finished that. And I got Can't Hurt Me by, um, oh, my gosh. He is a Navy SEAL that's the, David oh, Goggins. Yeah, I had David to Goggins. take from him. I was yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. haven't read that book yet, so I just got that one. Oh, nice, nice. I just finished uh, this book. If you haven't read it, it's in a pit in a, with a line in a snowy, on a snowy day. Uh, I've heard of it, but I've not read it. Is my second time reading through it, and it's part of my. It was part of my my men's mentor group like assignment uh, for our before our next one. So I read it a while back, and then I just reread it. And man, it is so good. It talks about like as men, we should be chasing lions, right? Like, don't be scared to go after those lions. And man, it's. I think I highlighted probably half this book, man, because I was like, oh my gosh, like you know, <laughs> nice. just deep having to, you know. And I'm one of those weird guys who like when I read a book, I actually sign the inside of the cover and then date it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's oddly enough, I did not know that my dad actually does the same thing and he never oh, told wow. me he did. And I went to his house one time and I flipped open a book. And I was like, what the heck, man? You know, so he does the same thing. So it's kind of funny. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, yeah, I, I, I write in my books a lot. Yeah. I've never signed them. 
I don't know. I just, I, I, I don't know when I started doing that probably 10 years ago, but uh, I just wanted to like, that way, if I ever go back through, like I can put a date on there and, and realize, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I read that back then. And then I kind of initialed it, but I don't know. It's something that kind of stuck there, but uh, um, man, as we're getting closer to the end of the show here, I love to kind of finish with a fun question. I'm a big music guy. What's a favorite type of band for you? A favorite type of music that you like? Um, it's going to be kind of funny. I like Pacific Island music. So like Jay Boogie and stuff like that. It okay. is a island music, really relaxed, really um, just mellow. I listen to it when I'm doing emails and stuff. And then I like your typical like um, worship music sometimes too with like Oceans, like by Hillsong United, stuff like that as well. But yeah. it just depends on what mood I'm in. Yeah. 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 I agree. I think I, I definitely go through the flux of metal, the hip hop to, you know, mm-hmm. the old gangster rap bone thugs, you yep, know, bringing yep, that yep. in. So. <laughs> well, I notice it changes my attitude. So I had to be careful with what I'm listening to. Cause if I listen to like that grunge metal or stuff, I get angry. Okay. And then if I listen to like worship music, you know, it's cool, but I can't do emails and work because I'm like worship music it takes me to a different place. Yeah. So the, the Island music seems to like mellow me out and I can do my stuff without being distracted. Yeah. It's, it's weird. My work music. <laughs> for me when i'm reading i actually turn on like edm like no lyrics just like Mm -hmm. just dance beats right and that helps my mind to to read the books and things like that unless i'm doing an audiobook obviously i can't do that i just started really doing audiobooks um earlier this year and i figured out how to read books twice as fast Mm -hmm. uh doing audiobooks and simply because i was watching these books or i was listening to these books on normal speed and I was like, man, this is like eight hours of this audio. I wonder if my brain can accept if I up the speed a little bit. Yeah. And so I slowly went up to like one and a half. And then I went up to two times. And my brain took a couple of days to get used to it. But now I can listen to audiobooks on 2X. And, oh, wow. And so I can, I'm reading Atomic Habits right now. By I finished that. That's a good book. That's a really a, good book. So like the audio version is five and a half hours. But with me, I turn it on 2X and I get it done in two and two and a half hours. Yeah, so. no, I love that book. I finished that <laughs> two and a half months ago. Oh, like nice. I highlighted it. That's a great book. Yeah. Oh, so good, man. So good. I'm only at chapter two right now, but I'm already loving it, man. Yeah. Um, but Joe, such an honor to have you on my show, man. Where can folks follow, connect, and and reach out to you to to work with you at? Sure, hundred fifty k podcast. It's the easiest place. Spotify, Anchor, pretty and pretty much anywhere they're at. Um, on Instagram, it's hundred fifty k podcast. On Facebook, it's 150K Podcast. I try to keep it real simple. Um, and then all my information's there. It's my DM. So if you reply to me, I reach out back to you. Nice, man. Or Again, Joe, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join me on the show. Such an honor, man. You're an absolute world changer. I love the sales tips you dropped today. And uh, man, excited to see what you got going on thank in 2022, you. man. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, Eric. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I wanted to just take one quick second of your time to point you to ericallenmedia.com. I have a ton of free and paid content on our resources tab. Click on that. Tons of books, tons of websites you can go check out. Some secret websites in there as well for you. But listen, I am available for hire for anything from product videos to content videos, review videos. I do a lot of how-to and explainer type videos, box opening videos for brands. I also do laser engraving for anything that's wood product. So if you need some you know, coasters made or fun tags or something like that, shoot me a DM. Happy to help you out. You can check out some of my work on our YouTube channel there. Really appreciate you checking out the show today. Thank you so much for your time. Have an amazing day.